swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and store some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of old scrolls simon's quest the drone earl rock shoes to air clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. Yes, y'all. This is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That is a hyphen. Uh, you can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. Let us know you're out there. Head on over to Twitter. Control Issues is the handle and pop on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for viewing sure. AMC, how you living? Living good, living good. Uh another week, another day, another another day in the life of 2020. Uh was experiencing some yellow skies where I'm at. Now they're they're actually clearing up, not clearing up, I'd say, but they're they're back to a cloudy grayish white as opposed to just yellow tint. Yeah, those like post extinguished fire fumes. Yeah, exactly. Oh lord. Uh, other than that, um, got a tip uh, from on Reddit. Somebody had posted in the comic book subreddit that Comicsology, which is the comic app for Amazon, they decided to without announcing it uh, make their entire black panther single issue like listings all of them uh they decided to make them all free there and so uh, went uh added all those to my cart and then bought them all and then just been downloading them so i'll soon have every issue of black panther um up until the current run so that's pretty dope so uh, how how easy was it for you to be able to perform that process uh, it's pretty easy because if you have an Amazon login, Comixology is just your Amazon login. So I didn't have to create like a whole account. I just went in and just signed on with my Amazon login. And then, um, and then you just go, just type in Black Panther and they'll have graphic novels, um, like collections. You skip all those and it has single issues. And then when you click on that, then all those will show up as $0. And so you have to go through. Now, this is the part that may take a little while. You have to go through and then you have to just click add to cart to every single single issue on there. Or you can just pick and choose. If you just want like Reginald Hudlin's run, you can go and just add all those. But for me, I just wanted the entire thing going all the way back to your boy, Jack Kirby. Um, and like, a, yeah, I think in the 60s. So yeah, I just I had I got the everything, but because the big the big ones are Reginald Hudlin, Christopher Priest, and then uh, fuck I forgot his full name was like Tahasi Coates or something like that. Tahasi Coates. Tahasi Coates. Yeah. So he did run. a run of Black Panther. Yeah, he did the uh, most recent run. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So they added. So his is on there too. So if you were just getting like the essentials, it would be those three writers, but. Uh, if you wanted everything, you can get everything and then just download them all to your phone. 
Um, yeah, AMC. Yeah, and it's uh, they didn't announce when it's over, so that's why I was just all over it immediately, just to make sure I got all that. Exactly. Yeah. So when they say, say when they say it was a mistake and uh, it's not <laughs> yeah, I, it seems like it was like Polygon was the first site to actually put it out there based on that Redditor's information. And it seemed like it was more in line with uh, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. And yeah. maybe I'm guessing like everything that's going on right now, maybe they just wanted to get people to read some uh, some material from black artists. <laughs> so yeah, Get people back in touch with their, their inner Negro. Yeah, just realize that, oh yeah, black people do do other stuff other than what the media lets you know that they do. <laughs> like invent cartridge-based gaming for fun in their garages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making your lives better since 1978. So, A-Dub, how about yourself? What you been up to? Well, just watching the sky, keeping my windows closed, don't want it to smell like a, a used barbecue pit in my room every night. So, you know, just trying to stay healthy. think I'm a substitute jump roping for my nightly walks try to get some kind of equivalent level of cardio going on you know hate to hit you guys with sports and fitness talk but it's getting real out here your boy a dub was slowly but surely chiseling away at the marble statue the the what the egyptian lord the pharaoh coming back (laughs) exactly the statue of David yes. <laughs> coming back. Yes. You know, just getting new art supplies, getting ready for Inktober in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, playing games. Playing. Yeah, what you've been playing. Oh, you know. Actually, you don't know what I've been playing. I mean, we talked about it in the pre-show, but uh, for some odd reason, I thought it would be a good time to boot up Wasteland 2 again. There's been a lot of talk. People playing Wasteland 3, asking a lot of questions about the franchise. So in remembering all my good times and the things that I appreciate about the game, I decided, you know, it's as good a time as any to just fire it up for all time's sake, see if I still remember what's going on, see if I can press on with the open threads I had left. Unfortunately, I'm sad to report that I had no idea what was going on. I no idea where I was. I had no idea what the circumstances are. I ended up like pissing off everybody in the camp and had to slaughter everybody, which was something that my superiors were none too pleased with. So I got in trouble for that. And again, I had nowhere, no idea where I was going. So I decided it'd probably be more beneficial for me to just restart all together. You know, it was a lot of hours the screen my save file wasn't accessed or saved on since 2015 <laughs> like, God damn, I've had wow. five years and haven't touched it like think about it every so often and was really thinking about it heavy now that three is out five years that doesn't even make sense dude but yeah so started over and wouldn't you know it all my experience with divinity and divinity 2 has really into the tactical CRPG type of gameplay and just mental approach. Like I understand all the mechanics. I understand the gameplay. I understand like what the game is asking of me. So I'm performing on a higher level. Like I'm a lower level than I was on my five-year-old save file, but I'm almost caught up to where I left off. I'm, more than confident that I've done more 
in that I've been to other places. I've found secrets. I've made the most out of every level, like, you know, cracking safes, opening doors that I'm not supposed to, and just like really squeezing every drop out of all the content. So I'm a lower level. I've done more. I have much better equipment and I'm almost caught up to myself in less time. So that's been an outstanding experience and I just can't help but love the game more than I ever remember because by and large, it's just a fantastic game. So if you're in the market for the Wasteland franchise, if you're interested in Wasteland 3, I would recommend giving Wasteland 2 a go as well. It should be somewhat cheap. And then wet your whistle a little bit before you drink from the waters that are Wasteland 3. Uh, I'm trying to earn my passage to doing the same. That's why I'm going back to Wasteland 2. I want to see if I can push it to a conclusion. That way I can enjoy the goodness that is Wasteland 3. But AMC, what have you been playing? Sounds amazing, eh, Dab? Um, yes, AMC. I've been playing a little bit of that Ghost of Tsushima, pushing forward, um, learned a little more about Luna and the the tough life that she had man yeah that, that character had it pretty bad <laughs> and yeah. her her aunt and taka. made it work <laughs> yeah her aunt taka uh which actually like i know like uh makes me appreciate her storyline a little bit more just like the fact that she is a survivor and like people they all have their their ideas their impressions of her what they think about how little they think about her how she's a thief and so lovely of a character but then once you realize what she had to get through to even get to the point that she's at, you're like, oh, you you totally understand the choices that she had to make uh, and why she is the way she is. Other than that, um, started a new game. Uh, this is a girlfriend game, if you will. It's a single-player girlfriend game, so it's a little different than the usual co-op experiences, oh. I would say. But this oh. one I felt was worthy of it. And that would be Ori and the Blind Forest. Yes. yes. So um, I've been waiting to play this one. Bought it a while ago on uh, my Switch and then just never got to it because it's playing other games. And then last night found some time. Marissa is like, I'm down. So we start playing. Initially, she was a little like a little hesitant because of the fact that it was single player. But I was like, you'll like this game once you see it. So we, we booted up, played through the opening. I only played a few hours of it, but I got a taste of it. And yeah, it's uh, meeting all of my expectations and then some, because from all the trailers I saw of this game, it was a lot of like platforming and set pieces, but I didn't really see like a lot of the, um, just the, the normal, like moving about the world exploration parts of the game. And even like some of the mechanics, I didn't even do a deep dive on any of that. So the game was still very fresh to me, other than the fact that I knew that, it was a Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it gets going, uh, they're slowly like unraveling um, what's going on with the world and then also what's going on with your character and the possibilities of your character. And the first thing that was a, a pleasant surprise, that being a Metroidvania, is just seeing areas of the map in the opening sections that I can't even reach, uh, knowing that there's going to be there's going to be a need for backtracking and there's also going to be some new abilities coming my way that will make me... Uh, that'll give me access to other areas. Other than that, um, then it gets revealed that there's a skill tree. And I'd say it's more in line with the Ghost of Tsushima skill tree being that I don't think it's one of those things where you just do a certain build. It's you as you play the game and you get experience because you can definitely uh, farm in this game or at least grind, I'll say. Um, 
and you get experience, then you can use those ability points that you get from the experience of leveling up to then buy skills. But I imagine by the end of the game, I'll just have all the skills as opposed to just following one arc of the uh, the skill tree. Because uh, with that, like it showed, like one 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 part of the skill tree was all about abilities like air dash, triple jumps, things along those lines. Another part was about building up your attack, which is you have this orb with you that sends out energy blasts. Um, you'll probably get other attacks as you play further in the game, but that's what I have at the moment. And then uh, the middle one is all about like um, upgrades for exploration, which uh, like the first one makes it so that if an item drops, it automatically just like gravitates towards you as opposed to going, having to go and pick it up. And then eventually you'll be able to see items on levels. I, I believe even see through walls as you get to like the very highest tiers. So you can like just see the secrets throughout the levels as opposed to like having to just push up against every single wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Which is exactly a, what I do if I was playing that game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it has a lot going on. What I love to immediately was that in the menu, it had an option to turn on numbers. So I immediately turned that on so that I can start knocking numbers out of people and have people knock numbers out of me. Cause that's yes. just the way I like to game. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like it's, um, it's meeting all my expectations. The presentation is beautiful. I was wondering if there would be some type of performance drop off or at least noticeable performance drop off from going from the xbox to the the switch but the game looks beautiful runs smooth and um it definitely has that pixar feel so i can't wait to get further in this game marissa is already on board she's saying that it's um exceeding her expectations so already a winner for potential girlfriend game is she taking a stab at it yeah, um, I gave her the opening of the game because that was more of the uh, just moving. Like they let you just move out. You only have the jump button, so you just get a feel for like the character's um, agility. And so, yeah, I had her like play the opening of it, and then once it opened up, then we started trading back and forth as we came across, um, I guess, like mini bosses or just certain sections where like you play you play enough, and then like they give you a new ability, and so. Um, with that then we would trade off so yeah she's she's played it and yeah she's keeping up with it we're playing on normal there is uh, a hard and then a one life version which is i guess like a roguelike film where if you die once it's over um, God damn. yeah and i had read before playing ori that it actually was like a pretty tough game so i just left it on normal and we've actually uh we've died like twice so it's definitely um it's a game that's uh, not just a, a walk through the park, I'll say. So, uh, but yeah, she's enjoying it and she has a good feel for it. It's, we're not having a ratchet clank moment where there's twin stick issues going on. So yeah, it's uh, a game that's mm-hmm. very uh, available for people who don't game normally, I'll say, and don't have that that dexterity. There you go. With that, there you go. Dexterity. Dexterity. <laughs> Let's get into the topic of the week. Top topic of the, of the week. week. Oh yes, a dub. We're gonna lead yes, with indeed. Xbox news. Oh, <laughs> really big news. Big. We uh, if we had postponed the if we had postponed last week's show for one more day, we would have gotten this news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was worth it, especially with all those rolling blackouts and all yeah. that nonsense. Um. Yeah, so let's get right into it. So we have the next-gen console prices, a dove, as well as a release date. 
So um, I'm just going to pull this right. I pulled this right from Xbox's press release um, that by Phil Spencer. So let me just write down this information. Xbox Series X, our most powerful console ever made in Xbox ever. Series S. So this was the, uh, this was the one, uh, I guess the all digital one that people had been speculating. I think it was called Project Scarlet or something along those lines. Um, it's an Xbox Series S, next generation performance in our smallest console ever built at a more affordable price. They will both be launching globally November 10th. Pre-orders uh, starting September 22nd. Uh, uh, we playing Rebel Galaxy Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, more details. So to complement the Series X and invite more players into the next generation sooner, we built our Xbox Series S, an all-digital next-gen console designed to deliver everything that is core to next-generation gaming, faster load times, higher frame rates, and richer, more dynamic worlds in our smallest, sleekest Xbox ever. Ooh. Developing two consoles in parallel from the beginning enables us to deliver the most powerful console ever, an Xbox Series X and make the next-gen gaming available and affordable to more players on day one with Xbox Series S. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Um, and then here we go. Here are the prices. The Xbox Series X and the S. The X will cost four ninety nine. Okay. That seems reasonable. And the Series S will cost Two ninety nine. What? 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 Um, also, with the financing, the Xbox Series S will be available starting uh, from twenty four ninety nine a month for twenty four months, and the Series X will be available for thirty four ninety nine a month for twenty four months. Uh, the further details with the Series S is it's geared towards ten eighty p play. So if you're looking to get 4k at a $300 experience you'll be looking to pay a little bit more <laughs> uh do you have any other details oh wait sorry left out uh, a little bit more this uh coming to game pass details this being ea play will be coming to xbox game pass at no additional cost and ea play membership to play more than 60 of ea's biggest and best console and pc games um, so yeah, that was the other detail that was released in their press lineup. As they talk about their consoles, they can't talk about their consoles without talking about Xbox Game Pass. Um, <laughs> yeah, do you have, you have any other details, A-Dub, or any oh, comments? Yeah. yeah, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, the next topic of the week. Top, topic top of, of the week. week. Uh, it looks like Xbox has announced that Xbox Game Pass Ultimate will also include EA Play the EA subscription service for no additional cost starting this holiday season. News coming by way of IGN, Joe Scrubbles. He's on top of everything. Uh, the announcement explains that Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PC members will get EA Play at no additional cost. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate users will be able to access EA Play games on all Xbox consoles plus Windows 10 PCs while Game Pass PC members just get the PC version. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah xbox coming out the gates swinging they're really laying down the gauntlet for next gen we know that we're getting going on november 10th we know what kind of price points that we get to enjoy uh, the series s is an interesting factor in the whole next gen thing some would say a wrinkle <laughs> 
Some developers have said it might be a wrinkle <laughs> in third-party development. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, with all these new releases and information and leaks that come out, there's always people who offer their perspective on things. Uh, most of them tend to be trolls, and we gather those up for you for your listening pleasure. But oftentimes, developers and things chime in, and I believe there was a an article where just a small handful of developers voiced their concern about the Xbox Series S, saying that it was their belief that it being a lower-spec machine, which it is, which is how Microsoft manages to get that price down to $299. With the Xbox Series S, it's designed for outputting at 1080p or 1440p. So with the hardware savings that you're getting, from not having to render in 4K, lower the price, get people more involved. But developers are saying that by reducing the amount of RAM and having a, what either a CPU or a GPU, I don't know which one that's at a lower speed, then it's just going to hold back what they're able to create on the Series X and the PS5. For uh, control issues, we like to discuss these things philosophically. We like to dive in, come up with scenarios, and then forget all about it because it really doesn't matter. We just like to play games. As long as the games are good, we'll be here for you. Uh, A-dub sees a outcomes that come out of here. I mean, for one, of course, there could always be the developers who program for the lowest common denominator and just roll with the punches on that level, never really tapping into the true power of the next gen. Uh, who might figure out some technical wizardry to get around it and somehow get the most out of the high-end consoles while still being able to accommodate for the lower spec model. And then situation where other developers might just say, fuck it and go with that third party exclusivity. AMC, what do you think the Xbox series S does to all the landscape of next gen before it even starts? Well, it's interesting because the whole point of, and they mentioned it twice, is that Xbox wants to be as accessible as possible for the greater landscape of gamers as opposed to focusing on, I guess, the whales, as people will say, the ones that are willing to pay the top tier dollars. And so because of that, um, it'll be interesting to see how many people would, in somewhat, in, in in terms settle i guess for the series s and say that because they're basically saying that hey maybe they're like as as you've mentioned in the past with the playstation it's a little annoying to have these mid-generation consoles that um are upgrades and so what xbox is almost basically saying is if you don't want to pay a lot of money at the very beginning but you want to have access to next-gen games then buy this $300 console. And that's the, it's interesting that they're saying uh, having access available at the launch of NextGen, meaning that almost implying that, and then down the line, maybe there'll be a price drop or whatever, but you end up then upgrading your console to then an even better version. So maybe the Series X or whatever is out at that time, whatever the next leap is, maybe mid-gen. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people then would would actually end up then settling for the $300 console uh, and then maybe as they get their money right or just they've had enough time of investing in 
the next gen, which would then be the current gen, then they decide to upgrade their console to have a more powerful thing. So I think it's I think it's one of those things that it could affect the landscape in that way as far as giving the consumer more options. And so and maybe it hit, hinders development in some ways, but then maybe the consumer also in a way benefits from, I guess, saving that that extra loot, that, that $200. Um, and so, yeah, um, I mean, and as I mentioned with you, like in pre-show and before, like I, I'm playing my Switch. I don't consider it the most powerful console of the current generation at all, but uh, I'm enjoying the games on there. And so if Xbox can find a way to still have good games, once again, they're pushing this Game Pass, so they want games that will work on Game Pass. So really what they're saying is if you want to save money, you buy a Series S, you get you get your Game Pass, and then you are you basically have the starter kit for next gen. And so that's a it's an interesting proposal for a segment of the community. And I want to see how many people will hop in on that. How about yourself, Adam? I foresee quite a lot of people jumping in at that lower price point because we all know and love the the huge population of cheap ass gamers who just want to <laughs> yeah. experience it all for as little input as humanly possible. So, what better way than by getting a an Xbox Series S, getting Game Pass, and calling it a day? Like you just you have what what's going on? EA Play membership, previously known as EA Access. In origin access on PC unlocks full access to over 60 EA games, including FIFA 20, Titanfall 2, Need for Speed Heat, Battlefield 5, the Mass Effect games, and the Sim series. It also provides free trials of up to 10 hours for brand new games not currently part of the membership, including the upcoming FIFA 21, as well as some members only challenges and rewards. So, you know, there's no dancing around it any other way. This is an outstanding value for people who want to get into next gen at the lowest possible barrier to entry. So yeah, man, I think Microsoft is really taking off the gloves and swinging for the fences. I mean, they, they're trying to have their cake you needed too with the whole beating Sony on specs and on price. And but at the same token, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, it all comes down to the people and what they have to say. But, uh, um, I have one thing for you, as a, and this is just purely speculation because it seemed like there is this um, this waiting game that we've been playing for a while. Because there's, I mean, with all, with the history of Xbox or Microsoft and Sony, we have the whole E3 thing where Xbox goes first and then Sony reacts. Mm-hmm. And so with Xbox saying "fuck it." We're just going to, we got to put the pre-orders out. And so we got to announce the prices for the console and with the leaks that that came with the announcement. Do you think, do you think at all Sony is now possibly changing what they had planned? Or do you think that they already had an idea of what they were going to be charging for their console? I, I think they had a range of what they could do. And in proportion to what Microsoft does, it's kind of like what, think, what they could get away with versus like where they would have to where they'd have to go to be more competitive. Exactly. Yeah. So now that Xbox has officially moved, they laid the date. I'm just waiting for Sony to be like, "Our console's coming out November 3rd." <laughs> like come come out a week earlier, have comparable pricing. Uh, yeah, it's because I, I think Sony just has a much broader and deeper understanding of how the console market works 
as well as understanding the power of their brand and the loyalty that comes along with that. So, you know, I'm sure they won't be more expensive than Xbox on the high end. I'm sure having their digital console be the same as the standard console means that they more than likely will expensive on the low end, which shouldn't be much of a big deal because if you, if you want 4k and you still want to save money, you can always just get a PlayStation or, you know, I mean, we'll see who knows, but yeah, I think Sony knows exactly what it is they want to do because sure enough, once Xbox has laid everything out on the table, we get into another topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Just a real quick hitter, but Sony announced that they will be having an event on September 16th. So that's in a few days. Uh, We know last week there was rumors swirling that Sony was going to have an event over this past week. And then Sony quickly stomped that out, but then came right behind it and was like, yeah, but now we're not at Xbox. I know (laughs) we can let y'all know what we do. So yeah, they're going to have another event next on the 16th it's going to come in at about 40 minutes so that's plenty of time to lay all the deets out on the table show you guys some some old stuff that you're used to perhaps some new things that you don't even know are on the way who knows but we shall see soon and so far as microsoft yeah overall positive vibes i was mulling over thinking of which xbox would be best for me because i gotta have a forza machine it's been too long since i've had racing in my life so xbox will be on my menu i'll be getting it before playstation but i will be getting a playstation at some point uh yeah and now balls in your court sony and that's the same mantra that we're getting from some people online some people who who aren't too happy some people who aren't easy to please who are incapable of being happy we got our trolls of the week. Chat trolls of the week. Chat trolls of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so these trolls are coming sideways at Microsoft and EA and whatever else gets caught in the crossfire. First troll says Game Pass canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Already had Game Pass. Is being given more value for their Game Pass subscription. It's like, nah. I don't, need that in my life. I, don't want, I don't want my Game Pass sullied with EA Play. Exactly. That that unwashed filth. Next show says, it's becoming harder and harder for Sony to match the value Microsoft is providing with Xbox and Game Pass. You can't counter it with one-and-done exclusives, which Sony usually produces. One-and-done exclusives? What? What does that even mean? <laughs> What is Microsoft providing that isn't one and done? And like, is it, aren't all those EA games one and done themselves? Like, how many times did you play Mass Effect? Didn't we just Mass get The Last of Us 2? <laughs> <laughs> one and done. Just got The Last of Us 2. You got yeah. Miles Morales on the way. Exactly. <laughs> Spider Man 2 on the way, most surely. Got Horizon 2 on the way. Got <laughs> New Ratchet on the way. On the way. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> Sweet Lord. Naughty Dog probably working on some on the way. I don't I don't know what these trolls. Next one's saying, <laughs> this is nice. I have both, but EA plays kind of garbage when most of it's just old sports games. 
Its main value is Mass Effect, Dead Space, and the ability to play 10 hours of the new Madden every year to convince yourself not to buy it. I like that he has a subscription, but it's also kind of garbage. garbage. (laughs) I'm paying for it, but it's kind of (laughs) garbage. Its main value are these games that barely anybody bought. (laughs) No, don't get me wrong. A lot of people bought Mass Effect. I'm sure quite a number of people bought Dragon Age. Dead Space, though, we've been over this. People... Get online talking about how EA ruined it and shut down Visceral, but it's like it was never really killing it at the box office in the first place. Good game if you if you skipped out on it, apparently. According to A Dub. Can't kill something that's already dead. But Dead Space is by and large one of the greatest franchises of last gen. It deserves a sequel. It deserves a remaster. EA, get it together. Next troll says, that's a reason for me not to get game pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gonna give me more games? You gonna give me EA games? You gonna be Madden every year? Uh-huh. <laughs> Ten hours? <laughs> See if it's for me. Try it on. <laughs> Next troll says the value is amazing, and I respect Xbox, but the fact that this is still not enough says a lot. <laughs> I don't know, troll. Agree with you on that one. I don't know. Uh, next show says, at the rate Microsoft is going, next we'll see PS Now, PS Plus coming with Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> so get there, go at their party? Yeah, they're about to get EA, Epic Game Store. Is, is Nintendo and Xbox going third party? <laughs> Nintendo get Game Pass? Play Forza? I'm going to come catch AMC playing Forza on the Switch. On the bus. <laughs> On the bus. <laughs> oh, Lord. Next troll says, EA almost exclusively makes garbage these days. What about Jedi Fallen Order? Is that, is that garbage? Yeah. Is that, is, 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 if that's garbage, then call me a raccoon. Is Apex Legends garbage? <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, I mean, two games from the same developer, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They, they didn't get... Very high marks for Madden. I think IGN gave that a 6 out of 10. But as we all know, cross-gen games usually don't score very well. You, you see they took out the ads? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they going to make you pay for Conor McGregor? <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay for the tattoo on his chest. <laughs> you got to pay for him. <laughs> oh, you got the Conor that can't punch. Yeah. <laughs> Next show says... EA bad. Let's <laughs> keep it real short and sweet. And the last show says the idiots giving money to EA are the ones that need to get it together. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people giving their money to EA enough that they're complaining. Oh, about it. It, it, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, EA does well enough to where they can sustain themselves on annual franchises that people loyally purchase year after year after year while also Putting out the occasional single-player games that people also buy like crazy. I mean, Battlefront 2, people hated the shit out of that. Ended up selling like over 10 million copies. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. People had lots to say about that. A lot of conflicted feelings and, oh, it's it looks like it's pretty cool. Oh, but EA made it. Oh, but, oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> There was a whole lot of that, and that still sold well over 10 million, far exceeded EA's expectations of its sales. 
So hopefully we'll see another one of those down the line. They may they make uh, Star Wars Squadrons, which is a lower than sixty dollar game. Oh, affordable. Also, yeah. Also VR VR capable supported. Oh. So cool game for VR. People say oh, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't they have? They got the Vader VR experience coming to PlayStation. The Vader VR. It's, <laughs> there's a lot PSVR? going on. There's a lot going on, and you know. We need to give EA the credit where they deserve it. So Microsoft EA teaming up, bringing you more value on your Xbox. Yeah. What's not to love about that? You guys yeah. need to really rethink your position, appreciate things you have, appreciate things you're getting, because you sounded kind of sour, and we don't need that in our lives. <laughs> All right. Uh, next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Oh, we have uh, some updates to... Arkham Knights. So this is the uh, the next Batman game coming. Uh, that's going to have all the uh, the Bat family, but no Batman. So it's the Batman exactly. game without yeah. Batman. The kids are having a sleepover while Dad's away. Yeah, and so there was an interview with the uh, on comicbooks.com from the creative director of Gotham Knights. This being Patrick Redding, and uh, basically he was going into some of the details, addressing I guess some of the. Um, I don't know. I would I would go as far as to say complaints, but we'll just say the changes that they are bringing to this game, as far as some of the feedback that they were getting from the previous Arkham games. So here we go, A Dubs. Uh, get comfortable. We wanted a city that you would go back into night after night after night. So that's that's the first hint. It's not just one really bad intense evening, but it's many many nights of you patrolling and fighting crime as a driver for your growth and as a kind of crucible for transforming you into your ultimate knighthood version of yourself. So that also helps to create a rhythm to the game because you'll always be fighting crime at night and you'll always be back in the belfry in the day. And what you're doing at night needs to produce a lot of variation and a lot of surprises. So um that's one of the first, uh, I guess, critiques of the previous Batman games is it's always like just hell, like hell breaks loose and then Batman has to restore order to the city all in one night. <laughs> and so he's going to fight all of his rogues gallery and figure this all out in the span of one evening. And so they're saying that this game is going to have multiple nights, which uh, would indicate somewhat of a day night cycle, I guess. I, I think it's more of like you just go to the bat cave, maybe do some upgrades and you come back, it's a new day, something along those lines. Do a little research, look at some evidence. Yes, sir. And so here take, are, take some samples, do some genealogies. That's true. Yeah, maybe they'll they'll get into some of the uh, detective aspects when you go into the Belfry. I highly doubt that. It'll probably be purely <laughs> cosmetic, but at least they're steps in the right direction of having it take place over several nights. And the big thing is patrolling it's the city is not in chaos or disarray it's a, it's a normal city for once it's just there's crime i mean you got to be there to stop it you information that's going to lead you to the big boss or the big plan so that you can be there to thwart that as well that and that i will be looking forward to and again this just re is the notion that it isn't just a Batman game without Batman. It's a Nightwing game. It's a Red Hood game. It's a Robin game. It's a it's a Batgirl game. So yeah, AMC. What else you got? Yeah. So um, so with what you were saying, 
So that meant that having citizens that live in that city that are trying to get by and trying to survive and try to make sure that they wake up the next morning to go to work, it means having a hostile police force that ostensibly, oh, it's that, that criticism, that ostensibly trying to protect those citizens, but is doing it in a very heavy-handed, not necessarily very benevolent way. Oh, that's, uh, that's, oh, that's a little too relevant. A little too relevant. Then you have a criminal. You have criminal factions, all including the villains that are really seizing the opportunities granted by having no Batman around. Right, so that ecosystem is what we're dropping the player into, asking them to navigate and thrive in. It creates a pressure cooker that continues to serve up surprises, continues to serve up challenges, and new types of enemies, and new types of crimes, and new types of situations as you engage with it night after night after night. So yeah, this is this is what we didn't see in the uh, initial gameplay reveal the gameplay reveal is actually if anything it um it showed some of like the new abilities of the characters and it was more of a focus on kind of like what was similar to the previous arkham games and then what were the additions but we didn't see any of this type of loops as far as like it being multiple nights so that just throws in a whole new added layer of this game that is giving it its own personality which is really awesome and i I believe you had even mentioned in previous episodes like wanting to have a batman game where there's like people and it's not just chaos chaos city (laughs) like where the criminals of the the lunatics are running the asylum and there's no there's no bad people in the city so it's okay then to beat up everybody like and so this one it feels like Like it's yeah what are you gonna say and I'll say it like it, it, in this coming generation of gaming, it's time that we finally abandon and let go of the GTA model of open world games, just in the sense of like the city is just a prop and there's everything takes place outside and it's, it just descends into chaos and there's no really structure or order to it at all. I think we're at a point with the hardware as well as the development know-how where we can make a smaller map, make the have, give interior things, have people that actually have significant responsibilities within those cities, and you can have the crime element. Like, I want to see not only a GTA, but also like a Batman where there's there's a fleshed-out, detailed criminal underworld that you can, like, in- trade and interact with that works at the same time as the normal world layered on top of it so something where the crime is more interactive and not just action if if you know what i mean like let's let's get away from the blockbuster popcorn experiences and get more into like a an edge of your seat drama thriller type situation where you're you're descending further into these unknown systems that operate in the shadows. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm trying to see. And it looks like this Batman game, even though it's, it's not doing anything too technical on that level is at least beginning to take steps into that direction by putting you in a city that you have to protect rather than putting you in a catastrophe that you have to remedy. Yeah, it's um yeah, it seems like they're taking steps in the right direction and I want to see what that gameplay reveal then has to offer once we see these details um actually like on on screen and not just um right now it's a little more theoretical, hypothetical 
because you know how it goes when developers kind of talk about what they plan to have in a game versus what you end up seeing, it can, it can translate a little differently. And so hopefully what he's saying here is translating into the picture that I'm creating in my head. Cause what I'm creating sounds like an even better game than what I was thinking before. I mean, it lends itself cause it does make sense that if they were going to add experience in uh, character levels and skill trees and things along those lines that you would want a game where you have multiple missions like as a, like multiple and somewhat repeatable if not random event style missions as opposed to just set side quests and then main missions because you're going to want to be able to just stop crimes and in some ways grind grind up your level by getting experience through stopping crimes so it it makes total sense that an RPG game would lend itself to a game that has more events than what's laid out in the story. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this game is going to evolve into. Um, let's move oh, into yeah. the, it's, it's sounding yeah. better by the day. So that's awesome. Yes, sir. So let's move into the next topic of the week. Hot topic of the week. Do you want to, you want to do this story on borderlands? A dub? <laughs> Borderlands, Tales from the Borderlands. Yes. Coming by way of IGN, Jonathan Dornbush. Borderlands 3, free next-gen upgrade confirmed and new DLC announced. So, (laughs) Borderlands fans will have plenty to look forward to. The 2020 and beyond. Announced during the company's PAX Online 2020 showcase, Gearbox confirmed that Borderlands is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. If you own the game on current-gen systems, you'll receive a free upgrade to the respective next-gen version and be able to carry across all saves and additional purchases. So those little ladder bits are the first I've heard of that kind of thing in this whole next-gen upgrade scenario where not only are we getting the next game but we're bringing over our save files we're bringing over our microtransactions so we don't have to buy things a second time <laughs> yeah i mean the big the big one on this <laughs> is that there is this whole speculation with uh was it the next 2k basketball nba 2k how you're you're gonna have to pay 70 dollars for the next gen version of the game and so people are like oh like all 2k games are gonna have to be 70 dollars for the next gen versions and then Gearbox says, not quite. We're putting out our next-gen version free upgrade. So, yeah, which means that even though 2K is the parent company, they will not decide the prices of all their games. Or if not, they do decide. It's They decide that not all games are actually necessarily worthy of being $70 needed to be at that value. So it does show that there is at least some thought going into it as opposed to just greed and we want more money so we're just going to start charging <laughs> and it, and once again it's these annual franchises that are getting these um these these tricky uh upgrades upgrade systems that are holding back or not giving you everything that you want so once again if you're paying annually for a game and you're going to complain that they're going to get a little a little greedy with it you got to look at yourself and think why are you buying the same game every year exactly you're not giving them much incentive to do anything differently. Yeah, they know they got you by the balls. <laughs> you're you're putting your balls in their hand. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's awesome. I mean, you've already discussed um how you feel about Borderlands through three. I know you're a fan. You were actually yes. you hopped back so, into it. Yeah, so hopefully these next gen upgrades 
results in some remedies to some of these technical issues. You know, people on PC are saying don't hold your breath because it still has technical issues on PC. So yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath. PC versions tend to just have issues. Like, yeah. did Horizon have an issue? Like, <laughs> There's so many issues. <laughs> yeah. And they, they don't want to talk about it. Uh, so we won't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Borderlands 3, free upgrades to next gen. So you have another game to look forward to when you unbox your, your Series X or your PS5 accounts. Uh, you should also know that Gearbox also confirmed additional DLC coming later this year. Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Uh, <laughs> this paid DLC won't be similar to the campaign DLCs that have been part of the season. <laughs> it will include both a new game mode and a new skill tree for each Vault Hunter, which also means new action skills. Oh, yeah. Maybe. That's awesome. Yeah, it just also shows that um, continued support for the game. So that means possible new characters, uh, classes, and things along those lines coming down the way. Yeah, not one of those one-and-done games. <laughs> now you got to get back in and get the new get the new skill tree. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's move into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Yeah, so uh, you had mentioned to me pre-show, you're like, oh, are we going to discuss uh, the Ubi forward? And I was like, no, we don't really need to get into it, but we need to get into one. <laughs> Into one main announcement from the Ubi Four. This is the game that people have been <laughs> speculating for. Well, now they got it, a dub. Yeah, <laughs> they got it. Off. They got your boy. They got your boy, Jake Gyllenhaal, looking in four by three. It looks like him. Looking by four by three aspect ratio. It looks like him <laughs> on, on a catheter ray tube. <laughs> More like a catheter ray tube. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we got Prince of Persia, Sands of Time r- remake, apparently. Yes, uh, from the ground. Up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the reason why we laugh is, um, yeah, th- this is this was supposed to be just a big fan, a big announcement to a ton of fanfare. You know, we we had the the recent Tony Hawk, or at least we had the remake of Tony Hawk come out and get a ton of glowing scores and people are loving yep. it hearing all their images taking them a back loving to tribute to two video gaming classics exactly and then so people are excited what else can we get well we got prince of persia but um, people are saying it's not looking up to par with uh what we're currently playing as far as if you're gonna take the same game and just make it look better people are saying that they didn't really make it look better they just gave us the same game <laughs> I mean, I'd be inclined to agree, but I think that the original game looks a little bit better than this remake, at least insofar <laughs> as the character models, because they're, I, I can't quite wrap my head around what they did to these characters' faces, no pun intended. It, it looks in the original Prince of Persia. And, like, normally I'm not a dude to harp on this kind of stuff, but I saw Prince of Persia remake, and then I saw those faces and was like, I don't think they're done remaking it. Like, it needs a couple more layers of polish. It's supposed to come out January of 2021. I think it needs to get pushed. I think it is going to get pushed. So I, uh, as I was looking this up, I came across an article on Game Rant, which was, uh, it was actually an update to the uh, announcement of Prince of Persia and thus the reaction. And so basically it was more of uh, covering Ubisoft's uh, comments on <laughs> the negativity. And basically they were, they were saying that one, it's being developed by uh, a studio in India. 
um, they were hit hard by COVID, so they were showing off uh, an early alpha version of the game, and they're saying that it's going to have more polish. Don't worry. Um, they put out a new image, not a video, but they did put out an image. And a still it, image. They just yeah. Photoshop something real quick. Yeah, they're like, hey man, we need to get to work real quick. Uh, here's a here's Photoshop. <laughs> like when the president changed that hurricane map. Exactly, and um, yeah, they just took a they just took a pin to a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they released it, and it did look better. And so. What I'm thinking is what will happen is maybe we get like a Sonic situation where it's like, oh no no no, that was just uh just an early early footage, but you know we we plan on we're listening to you the consumer and we're gonna put out a better version of this. And so I wouldn't be surprised they've already put out the excuse that that was uh, the best version that they had at the moment because of the delays in the development due to COVID. I think they're gonna just blame that and then use that as an excuse to then delay the game, and then we'll end up getting a better looking version version of the game that's 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 where my money is right now and if that was the best you had and you knew you could have shown something better then you should have waited (laughs) plain and simple yeah and then at the other developers do that though they show a game and then they're like all right well we'll clean it up or we'll make it look better we'll fix this but at the same token it was um you bring up the sonic movie and we discussed this at length back around those times and here it is showing it's I mean, first we had, what, Halo Infinite. Now we got Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. And we're starting to now see a trend where I think developers are intentionally lowballing us with the reveals so that we can get all our hatred and negativity out the way. And when they, when they delay the product, quote unquote, and push it back to make changes, then they're actually putting it in the shape that they intended to show it to us in the first time. But this time around, since we already hated on it, now we got to give lavish praise on them because, oh, they listened. <laughs> they yeah. listened to do. Like in a way, it's kind of like a reaction to all the people with uh, what Watchdogs and Spider-Man with all the, um, you know, the, the uh, yeah, yeah, the downgrade conspiracy theorists so it's like you can't say that they downgraded this game <laughs> if they showed you a shittier version and then put out a better version later <laughs> damn is this really the overall response to the to the downgrade conspiracies yeah <laughs> is that really what's going on so oh i think we're downgrading let's show them what it looked like <laughs> before we polished it up and yeah. then put all that stuff back on so they can <laughs> shut the hell up <laughs> yeah i wouldn't be surprised um it's hilarious i can't wait for that news to break developers intentionally downgrade reveals in order, <laughs> in order to fool consumers yeah oh man all right um let's move into a lighter story uh so this is lighter story of the week lighter, lighter story, story of the week. week so this is the playstation store top downloads for august so all, of August. all of August. So let's just run right through it. PlayStation 4, number one. I believe the previous month it was Ghost of Tsushima, a dub, because nobody wants EA Play, because nobody wants to support EA Play or anything that EA puts out. The number one downloaded game on PlayStation 4 for August is Madden NFL 21. <laughs> so enough people hate well, EA. I, I mean, you could just look at that as people... <laughs> Or you could look at these people like trying to 
played the first 10 hours so they could determine if they <laughs> if they want it or, not, or determine if they don't want it. Yeah. But here's another hated uh, publisher, we'll say, at the number two spot. So above Ghost of Tsushima, we got Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So moving back up. <laughs> uh, number three, Ghost of Tsushima. Number four. And then they're still selling. The, the, hits, the hit sleeper series, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. <laughs> so if you didn't get it on PS Plus, I guess you went here and you did Wait, it. what? If you didn't get it on PS Plus, I guess people went and bought it on here. <laughs> um, number five. What game is this? Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Yes. yes. <laughs> All five. I heard was all. I was like, wait a minute, did I miss? A, did a bit, like, did I miss a boxing RPG or something? Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Ultimate fight, knockout. fight night, Ultimate Knockout. I'm an uh, octopus. I like fight night. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, UFC four, because people hated the advertisements, but still yeah. went out and bought the game. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like in your existing advertising works. We bought the game. Now stop advertising more. <laughs> yes. Uh, another hated publisher, but up on the <laughs> list. Number six, PGA Tour 2K21. <laughs> number seven, because you hate Mojang. God Mi- damn. Minecraft. <laughs> I'm just going to point out what people hate in it. <laughs> It's just amazing that the top selling games are always stuff that people hate. Yeah. Number eight, because it never comes off the list, Grand Theft Auto Five. So. N- number nine, <laughs> because you hate the publisher, NBA 2K20. All right. Number 10, because you hate Microsoft, Cuphead. <laughs> <laughs> because you hate indie games. Yeah, because you never, yeah. Uh, let's see, 11. Because you hate exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you because you hate games that you could have played on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> uh, number eleven, Marvel Spider Man. Number twelve, and I don't know what game this is. Mortal Shell. Never heard of it. Mortal Shell is kind of a Souls like game that boasts a pretty intricate combat system where you're there's this shell mechanic where you harden your body in order to parry. So it's a very risk reward oriented system that lends to some pretty spectacular combat you should check out a video Um, unfortunately when it came out it did have some performance issues associated with its frame rate which people weren't too pleased with however the developer's been on top of putting out a number of patches to try and address this issue i think it's it's like frame rate and input lag or input lag might be the the big one because people are saying this game is very like timing oriented especially with the shell mechanic which basically asks you to leave yourself vulnerable so you can properly time a parry with the shell mechanic if you successfully parry you get health back so that's something that people want to do but there's input lag which screws up the timing with which people can do it and, you know people aren't too pleased so yeah mortal shell <laughs> 13 on the list Batman Arkham Knights. I guess people were excited for Arkham Knights. They went out and they bought the previous Batman game. I thought I thought people didn't like the Batman. Well, I feel like now that there's now that there's more Batman talk in general, the people the people who did play the game can kind of have a louder voice. The people who like the Batmobile wasn't that big of a deal, <laughs> which it wasn't. Well, if you didn't like the Batmobile. And you don't like riding on horses. Number 14, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, 15, Ark Survival Evolved. 16, Madden NFL 20. So both Maddens are in the top 20 list. <laughs> God damn. 
17, Need for Speed Heat. 18, Skater XL. 19, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. And 20, Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. Uh, I read the number one PSVR game. It's from your boys that are the most hated. Number one is Vader Immortal, <laughs> a Star Wars VR series. Yeah, just killing it. Yeah. And then number one free-to-play game, Hyperscape. So not Fortnite, not Call of Duty Warzone, not Apex Legends, Hyperscape. All right. Uh, yeah, that's all I got, A-Dub. Do you have anything else? I am absolutely dry. All right. So by the time we talk to you next, we are going to have details about PS5. A-Dub, I'm sure we'll have all the details and all the hate and all the goodness. Oh, I'm going to have that. I'm going to have all of it because you know what? People are going to have something to say. (laughs) And we're going to have something to say about it. Yeah. Do you have uh, any final words before we get out of here? I guess not. But it's control issues. I am AMC. This is Angel. We are control issues. Thanks for playing. It was a big pause. Yeah, yeah, actually, there was a pause and then a mouse click. <laughs> 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 All right, peace.